Hello there, it's Jamila Jamel. Take a deep breath. Let your breath out slowly to the count of six. One, two, three, four, five, six. Do you feel better? Well, on my podcast, I Way, this month we'll be exploring ways to tackle mental health and feel better with guests like Simon Sinek from The Optimism Company, therapist Vienna Farron, comedian Neil Brennan, and many more. Listen to I Way wherever you get your podcasts. Help Me Be Me is self-help for people who hate self-help, hosted by me, Sarah May. What I talk about on my show is my personal opinion, and it's not a substitute for professional help. Take what helps and leave the rest. Hi friends, it's Sarah May, and this is an episode I'm calling Own Yourself, and it's about what does it take to own yourself? What does that even mean? Um, This episode came about because I am so inspired by people like Amy Schumer, just being unapologetically yourself, you know, just feeling embodied and validated just by your own self-opinion. And I very much want to get there. I feel like a lot of us are robbed of parts of ourselves throughout our life. And I think about high school and there's, I think for everybody, this need to acculturate to a group and fit in just to not be excluded or not be beat up and this is such a a massive life-altering stage we go through or maybe some of you actually had to move to a new school a new state a new country and acculturate and in a lot of cases we, we may have to negotiate that separation from part of ourselves throughout life like you might have to do that constantly and it's a hard thing to figure out sometimes you know how to honor yourself while also surviving and making it in the world and I think we kind of flip-flop between trying to be like others or the dominant mass and failing at that or rejecting it or we'll go through stages where we reject it and sometimes if we try and we fail it's too excruciating to bear and so this whole process can be very isolating and lonely throughout life to not know yourself and to also feel like you do not belong to a tribe and as we grow up and we grow stronger we may start to reclaim parts of ourselves of our heritage, of our original self. And also throughout life, our values shift and we may start to gather the pieces of past, you know, selves that broke off. And we might start to put those selves back together as a true part of us. And I love, love, love this process, that part of the process. But I do feel like one of the hardest things to do is really hold on to your identity, especially when you are in a relationship or you're moving through relationships or you are in evolving stages of confidence as as you become an adult and i would say you know as adults we still have this need to please others and for a lot of people and in a lot of people in my audience we don't fully own ourselves um until we grow that sense of self-love and if you don't have that footing in yourself yet it's very easy to get kind of taken over by others meaning 
others in our relationships, whether that's an intimate relationship or a familial relationship or a friendship. It's easy to get kind of talked out of your beliefs or your values. And a lot of the people I work with in my audience, I hear from, like myself, are those who have gotten kind of taken in by a powerful person in their life. And that person is not responsible with their emotions and their needs. So it's, I know I talk to a lot of you who have been in a toxic relationship or a relationship where someone is incapable of taking care of your heart. So if you are in a relationship where you're too afraid to leave, maybe you're too hindered by trauma to face leaving because of the pain of loneliness, that's a situation where you can get talked into believing over you know, years that it's a good relationship. And it's if you are in that situation where you can't seem to get out, even though it's like not rewarding to you, it can it can be very hard to escape because it's it's like after being gaslit and manipulated for years or even just months, it's like you lose your abilities, you lose your understanding of actually how you can even start to move out of a situation like that. Because in that situation, the logic starts to make sense. And if you don't have enough weight in yourself and your identity yet, someone can talk you into anything because you don't have a leg leg to stand on yet. So it's like someone has the keys to all of your buttons and they can just push them all or they can yank on your hooks. And as soon as you are clear headed enough to walk away, they can pull you back in. What I'm talking about is kind of like having a weak ego. I recall being at a bar in college and I was, it was like right before last call and I was next to, I was with a group of friends, but there was this kind of creep um, at the bar and he was telling me like, you're going to come to my house and you're going to come da 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 da. And I remember being like, oh my God, this guy needs to get the fuck out of here. And then over the course of like, let's say an hour, he started, I could tell he was starting to talk me into it. And I was like, oh my God, this person could actually talk me into going to his house. I have to get out of here now. Like I realized I had this underdeveloped ego to the point where I could be manipulated by just sheer time, you know? And that's why there are statutory statutory rape laws that exist. You know, mind control doesn't end though once you reach reach a certain age. It's just, it's like when we don't own ourselves, we can be controlled. We can be shamed into not believing in ourselves or having conviction in ourselves or conviction in our beliefs. And I guess that's what this episode is really about. It's about all of these, all of these different situations and things and, and just being able to get to a place where you know better innately where you can exist in your own knowledge of who you are and have sanctuary in that. And at the very least, know when you need to cut off contact to your brain and just seek safety and get as far away as possible from the wrong person. Or when you know you need to take steps to get grounded again in the face of losing a sense of confidence and um, conviction in yourself. So sanctuary. Let's make that the theme of this episode. And also as an aside, I just want to say, I think if you suffer in this way 
And if you are going through any of the things that I talk about on the show, know that I think of you as somewhat a part of me because in many ways you are. When I speak to you, I'm speaking to a friend about myself. And really, this is like a conversation with a person I imagine in my head who's going through what I'm going through or have gone through. So that is where this is all coming from. If And if any of this resonates, it's because we are going through the same things. And I'm talking to you from a place of excitement at your success. And I'm also just reflecting on myself. So... Also know that we seek out the energy we need in order to head into areas we genuinely want to head in in our lives. So if something is resonating, it's because that hunger exists inside of you already. And I'm just saying that because I remember getting confused or feeling conflicted just when I was on my, I mean, I'm still in my personal growth path, but when I was in the shit of it, you know, I remember being like conflicted often about like, should I should I apply this? Is this true for me? Or is this, am I forcing this? Is this not true? Do I trust this or not trust this? I will just say that when we are shopping for something specific, when we are trying to grow in a certain area, it'll feel like a little bell rings inside. So if that happens for you, like trust it. That's something that already is true for you and it's just been validated. And I think a lot of you are struggling to get out of bad relationships or find grounding in the relationships that you have that might need work. And I think owning yourself comes down to being able to see who you are and what is true and invest in that and really have enough confidence and and have done enough self-work to be able to enforce healthy boundaries. That's like the key of all of it (laughs) in many ways. So with that, that was my long wandering introduction. This episode is just a lot of tools. So with that, here are some tools for all of these situations. Before we do that, a brief word from our sponsors. All right, the first tool is called anger is health. I think a lot of us are resistant to the self-protective energy that is being angry. And anger is the other half of self-love. It's the other half of love. You know, it's a, I would say, a loving and healthy energy when it comes to ourselves because I just want to give you a short anecdote about healthy boundaries. They require anger and saying, I deserve this. And when you can feel that self-defense, that is how we get equal pay. That is how we get uh, respect. And it sucks, but it also doesn't have to suck because it brings forth in us a solid sense of self-reverence that perhaps was lapsing. Like in many ways, we have to be the person who sends the wrong order back, which I do not condone. I'm not, I don't, (laughs) if my order is wrong, I don't send it back because of just the climate and how much energy it takes to generate food. But I'm saying that metaphorically as a personality thing, like we have to have that kind of self-reverence and curate that. And that is how we become a person who is worthy of receiving that level of respect and not just respect, but awe. Like we are people of magical intensity. If we can be, if we can self-protect enough to embody all of ourselves, 
Magical intensity is a weird idea, <laughs> but those words, when I wrote them down, were like, ooh, that's it. So those are the words that I want to linger in your mind's eye, you know? What does it look like to have magical intensity? I think of like, you know, Tilda Swinton <laughs> for some reason, because she's just like a fully, you know, she's like a magical creature of <laughs> such uh, specific energy, you know? Um, so I'm enamored with her because of the power of her gaze. Also Tessa Thompson, I feel like. <laughs> These are actresses, but I invite you to scan the world for your own action figure and possibly phrase that, you know, if magical intensity doesn't feel right to you. But like, what does a person look like who is authentic and fully embodied? You know, what is the portrait of the energy of being unapologetically yourself? And I would say like when you see that energy in somebody's gaze, you can feel it in their presence, how they move their body, how they dress, how they do their hair. And I'm, I feel like that's something I'm just curating for myself, being unapologetically myself. And when you can be that, it, it just is, you know, when you can sense into it in yourself, you just honor it, covet it, respect it. And then the, the power can just come forth. The boundaries aspect of this is just allowing, you know, I think we need to not allow others to be dismissive to us, rude, um, or you, we cannot allow others to not see ourselves or, or not reward our hard work or n we need to be heard. You know, we need to feel safe enough and embodied and present enough to be active in our presence in a room, you know, like I'm speaking of commanding attention, gaze, respect. So that is just the visual I want to invite you to render in your mind. Like how does a person with this level of confidence and power carry themselves? How do they speak up for themselves? What is the level of volume in their voice? What is the cadence of their voice? What is the energy of full embodiment look like? Okay. The next tool, check your sum. So you know that thing that they say about you are the sum of the five people you hang out with most. I would say that is true and that it creates your kind of mirror that of bouncing back to you who you are. So this is just a reminder to reset it when that is necessary. Reset those five people. I think we, you know, especially when we have lots of responsibilities as adults, it's like we get into that habit of reducing our baseline and just via necessity of just schedule and time or whatever. And if you have one bad seed, it can mean that your whole mirror of yourself is altered. So I think it's super helpful to reclaim the rest of your per persona and your individuality and seek out those who remind you of your original and best self. All right, the next tool is called soul tattoo. So I want you to reflect on the moments you, let's say as an adult, have like, I don't know, maybe someone criticizes you, maybe something goes wrong at work. Suddenly you are totally redefined and leveled. Like you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's like all those moments that your imposter syndrome might come out when you feel like, I don't deserve to be here. I'm not good at this at all. I'm a loser. I don't know what I'm doing. Whatever those thoughts are. So the concept of this tool is, how can I remember myself? And how how is it that this thing that's so little reduced me to 
this is my fault or I don't know what I'm doing. And don't worry, it's not all your fault because a room full of crazy people telling you that you're crazy will make you feel crazy. It's just a matter of time. So the other side of this is I would say it's like a default setting that we practiced as kids. The way we made sense of the world, the way we empowered ourselves, the way we felt like I'm not going to lose my shit as young kids is to say, this is my fault. It's a way to feel in control of things that are overwhelming, anything that makes us feel powerless or anxious. So the thinking, it, it comes, its origin is in something that is healthy and functioning, but now as adults, it's not helpful anymore. It's also not rational. So if you default to the setting, I want you to just tattoo these directions on your soul. <laughs> first things first, first familiarize yourself with this feeling, just study it, recognize it, get to know it. Like it's, you know, an old friend from childhood. Just remember its face and notice like if it's a hyperbolic emotion, one that feels young, it's overwhelming, it's big, it's out of scale to the situation you're, you are in. Just see that, you know, oh, this is like a, a child's feeling. This is like maybe a five-year-old's emotion. It's a little bit too big, you know, and that's just like step one, just recognize it. And then the next step is to curate, once you see it, a sense of reality, like remember you, what are the things I need to do to remember myself? What are the things I need to do to talk myself off the ledge? And for me, that's talking to others who remember me as my adult self and also gathering the resources, the proof, the awareness to be able to, to see yourself again. It just takes opening one window, you know, to see, oh yeah, it's sunny outside. It's okay. Like you have to get your vantage point back. The main note is tattoo this set of directions and this awareness onto your soul <laughs> just because it's a familiar process that will happen, but it doesn't mean you have to stay in that reality. You can reorient yourself once you realize, oh, it's this thing that's happening again. All right, the next tool, teenaged time travel. So this is something I want you to do when you're kind of in a more meditative state, whatever time of day that is for you. For me, it's the end of the day and I'm like kind of getting more into that theta state of brain waves. So this is a reflection. Maybe you can do it in your journal. You don't have to. It could be just something you do in your mind. So when you're in this zone, I want you to imagine yourself from an up in the air time in your life, somewhere between the ages of, let's say, 11 years old and 18 years old. So for me, that would be probably like 15 when everything, the shit was hitting the fan, I didn't know who I was, my life was had exploded, and I was just kind of like, fuck it all. <laughs> it's kind of like my MO. And I just want you to picture that self and whatever your self was, maybe you had like completely functioning <laughs> years as a teenager, whatever it is, just this different um, work in progress version of yourself. And imagine that they could time travel and visit you today, right now. And so that self comes into the room. They look at what you're wearing. They look at what you have built for yourself. They see, you know, just the life you have. And I want you to 
compare these two people. Just see them as two separate individuals. When you visit your current self as your teenage self, what can you appreciate that this self now sees and knows? Like, what does the teenage self appreciate about your current self? And what do they comment on? What do they, um, just give them a voice and just ask them to describe like all of these realizations. And now what does your current older self describe about your younger self? Like what, what can they respond with? What's the context that they can give to them about what they realized, what they've learned. And if you are into a, a kind of more advanced version of this tool, I want you to imagine now your teenage self is giving you a gift and don't overthink it. Just let that whatever it is, just come out on in your mind. What is the object? Whatever the object is, don't judge it. Don't correct it. Just write it down. And now I want you to ask yourself, like, what does it mean? What does this gift mean? What is it a symbol of? And if this feels too weird for you and too silly for you, instead, I will ask, what is a part of your teenage self that you can reclaim and kind of reignite? You know, something positive, something that they practiced that they thought was cool, something they wore, whatever it is, and bring that back into your life. I did this practice myself, and what my self saw, my teenage self saw was, huh, wow, you're deeper and nicer and happier than I thought you'd be, and uh, you've come full circle on a lot of things that you previously rejected, and you have now... And, and the older self commented like, well, now I have the context around a lot of these things. So I don't have to be so judgy and negative all the time. And it gave my teenage self insight on a lot of the things I was doing as a teenager. And it, it also allowed me to like, see that as a cool, a still existent part of myself. So the teenage self sees the adult self. And in my experience was like, oh, you're, you're actually kind of cool. And it also allowed my adult self to be a little bit more tolerant, you know? So it's really just a way for you to truly appreciate how much you've grown and actually see it. It becomes more concrete when you can see it from this perspective. And it can also allow you to see how much you've evolved, how much you deepened, and how, I guess... Maybe a lot of the things you used to think are not true anymore. So I, for one like random example, have like a rose quartz bracelet because rose quartz reinforces self-love and protection. And that would be something that my teenage self would never do in a million years. And that, that's because the teenage self only saw the artifice, like the lack of meaning. And the adult self arrived at that authentically arrived at like wanting a crystal <laughs> for a symbolic reason I had to arrive at that authentically so if you go through this process and you find that it's a like a not good not positive practice like if you find like that your teenage self is like so much more happy and optimistic and you feel like that's all been taken from you know that that is a false interpretation because there can be nothing nothing taken from you I would 
you, you will only become deeper. So if that is your first response, I would say that's because you are in the pain of loss. And that signals to me you're not done processing or mourning events in your life. So just trust that you will get past this stage and things will appear different in retrospect. All right, the next tool is called create a signal or a gesture. Also, let me know if it's if my voice is different now. I just total transparency. I got Invisalign. <laughs> I can't tell if my voice sounds different. I'm trying really hard to uh, just pay attention. But if, if you like listen to this and you're like, oh my god, the lisp is out of control. Let me know. <laughs> I'll I'll use my 40 minutes of non-Invisalign time to record. Anyway, back to the episode. The next tool is a signal gesture. So related to the previous one, I want you to create a gesture or a ritual to, to practice reverence and meaning and signal to yourself that like you are honoring yourself. And sometimes that's, you know, it can be like throwing yourself a little celebration of some sort or maybe you can google some old like a an older ritual that might have some weight or meaning or resonance for you the main goal i'm inviting i'm inviting you to practice something in physical form that involves imagery possibly creating an altar altar is like a creepy word to me but it's just something that has some sort of beautiful visual presence it can be as simple as a candle or an object um in a special place in your space. So maybe it's a plant, a framed picture, something you adorn on your body, you know, whatever it is, it's something that's symbolic of your self-love, your freedom and your autonomy. And if you can't think of one, I invite you to purchase some rose quartz of some sort. Um, And rose quartz has resonance beyond just you know, new agey fashion stuff. Now it's like, it's been used in rituals for thousands of years in meditation, healing practices, dates back to ancient Egypt, Egypt, ancient Rome. It's imbued with protective energy. It's used for love and joy and healing, healing in the area of love. So I want to ask you what might be helpful and empowering to you on a genuine level. Like symbols are how the brain work. They, we see gestures, we see those gestures, and we take them at face value. So just do anything, do any practice in honor of self-love. Whether that's a bracelet, a stone, it's just a gesture. And just to give you an example of the power of visuals or the power of objects, just picture a time when you visited your childhood home and as an adult. And when you came across something like that had a lot of emotional power that that brought up a lot of old memories, they can bring up floods of feeling. So that is true for also new things. If we do something heartfelt, we feel the meaning in it. So this signal, whatever it is, this gesture is entirely yours and only for you. So don't think about what other people would say, whatever, what other people would think. This is really just a sense into what be, what might be a tiny symbolic gesture of your newfound intention of self-love and self-honoring and self-embodiment. All right, next tool is called reject list. 
So what are the unhelpful thought patterns that are occupying you currently? And this is for you to journal upon. It's just to come up with any, like really sense into um, any kind of repeating thoughts that are unconsciously driving you or the, the energy that's kind of driving you, but are possibly untrue. And I'm, I'm saying this because our approach or our perspective on our life, on all of the ingredients in our life, our, our approach and energy is 99% of our reality. So let's journal about what are the things that are possibly driving you. For example, I need to live uncomfortably to be good enough or to be killing it or to be efficient, or I can't have beautiful things, or I have no personal time and space. Or I can't change and reinvent myself now. I just am not good at that. Like Whatever they are, I want you to jot them down and then, or, or whatever it is, and then I want you to say aloud the opposite. And this is really just about welcoming openness. So for example, you might say, I have plenty of time to grow myself. And I noticed this happening to me recently and I was like, I had this like addiction to kind of busyness or the energy of busyness and chaos. And it really was what I brought to everything in my day. And one of the things that happened when I went on a vacation was I reset it and got it out of my system. And now I can see I can approach the exact same life with a totally different mindset. And a lot of the problems evaporate. So whatever it is, I want you to invite the opposite. Okay. Next tool, F the S's. So I think one thing that's really helpful for you to identify with, with in your life is um, just being completely unapologetic for whatever you think and whatever you, you want to ask. And I think a lot of people apologize or put sorry before you say something. Like, sorry, blank, blank. Like, wh- whatever you are going to say, I want you to just scrub the sorries if they're not giving you kind of a a sense of self-reverence and self-respect. For me, I would say half of the time I'm using sorry almost as like a heads up to somebody that I'm about to say something. It's almost like an um, but on occasion I will use it as a true passive disclaimer. It's, It's almost like with my intent, I'm saying I am playing the role of a passive, uh, identity in the room. And those are the sorries that I want to have fuck off in my life. So it, energetically, I would say the word sorry puts us into a role of I am wrong and I feel wrong. And this is heard by others, but more importantly, it's heard by ourselves. So as a starting point, maybe if you are a person who apologizes before you say stuff, maybe just if you are going to say a sorry, put it at the end of the sentence as an explanation versus an upfront positioning you know, an upfront energetic positioning statement. Main takeaway for this tool is become conscious of when you are positioning yourself as a person who should feel less than justified in wanting to know what you want to know or wanting to say what you want to say. And maybe as an exercise, just try removing all of them, all of the sorries from your conversations and see how it changes how you feel when you speak. Give yourself the experiment. Uh, Second half of this tool, I'm calling the sorry review board. It's similar, but it's slightly different because this one is, I want you to check your sorries 
before you deliver them, if you are a person who has a habit of being the peacekeeper in your relationships, because maybe you shouldn't be sorry. Maybe that is actually a bad boundary. You know, maybe it's you enabling bad behavior. Just want you to try that on for size. Just become conscious of when you are apologizing. And the main note on this is just before you deliver an apology, send them by your internal review board and ask, is this apology honoring me? Or is it actually betraying me? Is this actually not in service of really keeping a healthy standard for treatment in my life? All right, the next tool. This is a very specific tool for anyone who's listening to this based on a, um, a negative relationship. So if you are being controlled by a person in your relationship, um, just the main tool is plug up the access points. We, we really have to, if you are a person who's like starting to feel like I got to get out out of this really bad relationship. This is not healthy and I don't know what to do. And this person keeps talking me back into being in this relationship or I try and leave, but I don't have the strength. What we have to do is just become very aware that we get controlled when people have access to our minds, our bodies, or our weak ego. So if you are being made to stay and you are being driven by just all of the things that are being kind of slowly just seeping into your mind, or if you are kept by a fear of loss in this relationship, just know that you are in the very first stage of being able to leave. This is the beginning of your raft building process. And what we really need to do in this stage is just start to gather resources, take mental notes, and school ourselves on the process that is happening right now, really become aware of how your disorientation works and wait for the time when the raft is finished and we are the most capable, most aware of our unhappiness, most aware of our power, most aware of what we really want. And that's when we will run like hell. That's when we use that energetic distance to get the fuck out. Heads up, this is not a tool for you if you are with a person who is abusive who might physically harm you. For you, I'm going to just put that that same contact info to a resource in the show notes. But if you are in a relationship where you are safe and it's just more about the mind manipulation, I will say I want you to wait for the prime moment and, and that is when you can cut off all access to your mind, your body, your, your emotions. When we know we can be manipulated and we know we can be talked into anything, being able to leave has, has nothing to do with like how smart you are or how intelligent. It has nothing to do with that. It really has to be, it has, it comes down to building the right resources and cutting off all access to the hooks and pulleys that this person knows about in your emotional being. And you have to cut off all contact because contact, any form of contact is also a message. It's also an action. It's saying, I'm open to talking to you. Even if you say, don't contact me, that is as a message saying, I'm contacting you right now. I would say, this goes for any relationship too. It's not just romantic relationships. It, it's any relationship that makes you feel bad about yourself, that makes you feel like you can't get out of it. Just you've got to 
control access to your brain and really cut it when you're ready to get out of it. You got to cut it off all at once. Um, second tool for you in particular, if you're stuck in a bad relationship, first things first in this beginning stage, right now, you've got to diversify the portfolio. And by that, I mean, like, I want to ask you, where is the happy coming from in your life? If it's only coming from a relationship, your step one is to diversify the source of happiness. We need to grow other legs to stand on. Step one is trying to spread out your time investments into at least two new buckets, preferably three. But what do I mean by buckets? I mean, spend time with a new hobby, spend time growing your confidence by doing something that seems cool, something that intimidates you. Quickly off the top of my head, a yoga retreat, a class that involves some level of creative performance, um, skydiving. I mean, really, this is about forcing change to start to happen by doing things that feel uncomfortable, but that give you new input about yourself and widen your world. And if you are a person who feels almost like addicted to relationships because they suck up all your focus and consume you, the really important goal for you is to come up with a pain relieving practice that can supplement the relief that you get from the relationship because that is a signal that this is tied to undealt with trauma. Like when we have like excruciating loneliness and we really can't get out of relationships because they make us feel kind of like just relieved, you know, like, ah, I finally have, I'm not miserable all the time. I'm not in pain all the time. What the solution is, is like, you got to work on that original source of pain. So I would say like a combination of therapy of some sort, uh, maybe that's a physical form of therapy, like tapping, or maybe it's just talk therapy. I'm going to leave it to you. But net net is you need a tool to give you some pain relief that is not the relationship. And that is become how we become capable of being alone. Like we need to be capable of being alone. And if you start to get lost in the relationship and like, enmeshed in like the you know what they want and what they think and like do they love me enough where's this headed step back and remember it's not about this person or what they think it's about you it's about you and what you think and and whether or not you think this is good and it's also about your pain i would guess if you're honest with yourself you don't even like this person very much you might look at this relationship as meh overall you might be like i don't i mean i don't love them they're fine so this is like very 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 cursory in this area as far as this episode goes if you are stuck in a bad relationship i will go i'm planning to do another episode on that in particular in the future i also have other episodes on this topic in particular so do do a deeper dive on the titles and see if you can find one that's specific to you but i did want to address it because I did start this episode about kind of being able to own yourself despite all of the demands that a partner might make or how insecure you might be feeling in a relationship. So those are my tools. I hope these are helpful. And before I close, I wanted to thank my latest sponsors, Vincent, an amazing donation from you. Thank you so very much. An amazing donation from Rahal. Thank you for becoming an ongoing sponsor and Aaron, a new monthly sponsor, thank you so very much. I really appreciate it. Donations really help help out this show. If you have the means, you can head to yaywithme.com and click donate, 
or you can visit me on Patreon, patreon.com slash Maybe. And if not, I totally get it. If you could leave a review on iTunes or heart on SoundCloud, that would help as well. In closing, when we want certain change in our life to come, it all starts with the intention and the awareness of that truth. We have to become conscious of a problem and we have to validate our feelings. And that is how we activate, you know, it's like all the buttons get pushed in the spy jet and then like the little launcher seat goes, you know, shoots you out of the seat. It's like, go, 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 go. The same goes for if you want to grow your energy in a new direction. It starts with awareness and then it becomes uh, just a forced new practice and then soon after that, it becomes authentic. It grows. It starts from just that, that seed of having a genuine desire. You know, it starts from that genuine place. We want to be all us authentically, not at others, not coming from anger or resent, but just pure, clean truth that comes from self-love and shedding the conflicting external messages that are not ours and that are not helpful or inspiring. It's just like, that's what, at least I'm headed toward. It's just like pure, clean, uncut, unadulterated self and feeling really comfortable and at ease in that self. And I'm going to remind you of my phrase, that magical intensity of a person's confidence in their character. So I'm not encouraging you know, a state of passivity or laziness, this state of being is active and alive and creative. So I wanted to leave you with a, a little meditation of sorts. I wanted you to reflect on the, the moments in time or a moment in time when you have felt vibrant and alive and kind of the most proud of yourself and filled with satisfaction. So just call one of those moments to mind. And whatever it is, just like go through it in detail. Really revisit this place in time in your mind's eye. And when you are fully embodied in that moment, I just want you to pose an intention to yourself. For example, maybe this moment is coming back into my life. Maybe this moment is coming back into my life. And that's it. And I send you my love. Don't forget to smile. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.